Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Welcome to Stories of the Unexpected. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. In this podcast series, I'm telling the stories of the supernatural, the uh, marvelous, and the miraculous, uh, stories of the unexpected. All of these stories are things that have happened to me or to friends or family members who related them to me firsthand. Some of them I'll be taking also from the lives of the saints. In each one of them, I will tell the story simply as I heard it and pass it on to you for what it's worth. I'm trying not hard not to exaggerate the stories or to put in anything that I didn't hear. But, of course, in these kind of stories, which you, you have to take with a, a grain of salt and understand that people told them in the first instance and related something which really did happen to them, how they perceived it or what they perceived is where the mystery comes in. What exactly happened and how it can be explained is, well, it's why we call these the stories of the unexpected or the stories of the unexplained. This week's story is called The Missionary and the Man in the White Suit. My sister Denise heard this story when she was training uh, in linguistics, she went down when she was when she was a, a student. She went to Texas to train at an evangelical college, which um, specialized in linguistics, especially linguistics for the translation of primitive languages. Uh, and they were training missionaries who would go out into the most um, far-flung and primitive locations, uh, usually into a jungle setting with a tribe uh, that had not yet developed a written language. And they would go and live with the people in the jungle, and they would learn the language uh, by listening to it, and then they would begin to develop an alphabet and then a dictionary, and they would start to translate the Bible from Greek 
directly into the native language. So these were really radical Christians. I mean, these were courageous men and women who uh, I, I have a lot of admiration for. One of my friends from college actually did this. He and his wife went out and lived in the hill tribes of Burma and uh, spent their entire life out there de de dedicating their life to translating the Bible into these uh, into this primitive tongue and beginning a little church and sharing the gospel with uh, these people. Well, the story comes from uh, them and from my sister's my sister's experience in this training college, and uh, it is actually based uh, in Burma. At the time, the uh, Karin tribe, which are in the south and southeast corner of Burma or Myanmar, which is on the border of Thailand, uh, for decades now they have been in conflict, political military conflict with the um, government of of Burma. And at the time, the government was a was a dictatorship, was a was a totalitarian dictatorship, and the Karin people uh, had been persecuted because of uh, their ethnicity and persecuted also for their political views. They had been in rebellion against the government. So um, the, the, the things were tense there on the border between Thailand and Burma. And 15% uh, of the Karin tribe had also converted to Christianity. So some of the missionaries were based in on the Thailand side of the border, and uh, they would make excursions across the border into Burma to bring Bibles and to bring help to the, Christ, the persecuted Christians who were there. Well, the government was persecuting the Karin tribe, especially the Karin, they were targeting the Karin Christians. And the missionary told this story. Uh, he said that he was in Thailand and he was making one of the secret expeditions into Burma to help uh, the jungle tribes there, the Karin tribes who were living in little settlements in the jungle. And uh, on this particular instance, he knew that, well, he knew what, if he was going in, uh, that he was risking his life every time he went. Because if the government soldiers were to find uh, a Westerner who they suspected were giving supplies to the Karin insurgents, then he would almost certainly um, at least be um, taken prisoner on the spot, maybe even executed uh, right there without trial. Um, and, and at very least, he would be he would be expelled from the country. But he, he went in anyway, and um, in one of his expeditions, he was actually captured by the uh, government soldiers. And instead of killing him, they took him uh, out to the uh, along a jungle trail out in the middle of nowhere, and they dumped him into a pit, into a well. Uh, and uh, he describes how he was uh, left in the bottom of this well, and he was down there for days. Um, no water, no food, and um, nothing but the uh, rainwater that sort of flooded in from time to time and made the, his pit even more muddy and slimy. And he was down there praying for help. He had no way to, to climb out of the pit. Uh, he was too far away from the village for anyone to come and help him. He called for help until he was hoarse. Uh, and um, he was resigning himself that he was going to die and starve to death in this pit. Well, soon after one of his prayers, uh, he heard a voice. And the voice was speaking in English. And he looked up and there was a uh, a westerner's face uh, uh, and a smiling face at that saying are you all right down there can i help you 
and the missionary was shocked to see anybody in the jungle at all because it was in such a, a remote place. And furthermore, to hear an Englishman speak uh, was totally uh, unexpected and, and bizarre because um, as far as the missionary knew, he was the only Westerner who had dared to cross the border from Thailand into the jungle. Well, of course, he called out and said, yes, I'm stranded on here. They threw me into the well. And the chap said in a perfectly refined English voice, hold on there just a moment. I'll see what I can do. And he comes back a few moments later with a rope, uh, which he drops down into the well, and he pulls the missionary out. And the missionary then is standing at the top, gazing at this stranger who's standing before him, an Englishman with a clipped mustache uh, and being very cheerful and chatty and wearing an absolutely uh, clean three-piece white linen suit. And the missionary asked him where he came from and he said, oh, I'm around these parts from time to time, he said, and uh, just glad to see that you're doing all right. Um, good luck to you. Uh, and off he strode into the jungle. Uh, and was never heard of, heard from again. The missionary made his way safely back across the Thailand border and recounted this story. So, what do you make of that? Well, uh, the believers would say, "Oh, he was an, that was an angel. He, he it was an angel in disguise." Uh, others would say, "Well, he would he'd been calling out and calling out, and and that Englishman was an explorer who was there, maybe on business or something, and he just happened to hear him, and and he was very lucky that the the guy was in within earshot and had a rope and could haul him out of the well." Well, uh, we always need to look for the natural explanation first, and the natural explanation of an Englishman uh, being in a remote and dangerous part of the jungle and hearing the voice of the man in the well seems to be pretty far-fetched. If you believe in angels, then you know that there are lots of stories like this where um, a mysterious stranger appears at just the right moment and and grabs somebody and pulls them away from an onrushing car that they didn't see or the, the stranger who steps out of a crowd and, and um, takes the baby out of the, out of the out of the um, pushchair or the pram or the stroller just at the minute before a, a car comes hurtling off the street onto the pavement and hands the baby to the mother and smiles and disappears. Well, there was a story some time ago, a collection of these angel stories of people who just wrote in and said, "This is what happened to me. What is what happened to us?" And the so-called angels appear as ordinary people. Um, always in a specific way as well, like this one who was an Englishman in a white suit. And the people who have these encounters uh, share very specifically what the person was like. They remember what they were like, but always something mis there's always something mysterious about them as well. They, they seem to appear mysteriously and then fade into the crowd or go around a corner. And when you go to find them, they've, they've gone, they've vanished. Well, I believe in guardian angels, and I believe in the Lord sends them to watch over us and protect us. And I then come up with another question and ask, well, let's say that this missionary did actually encounter an angel who hauled him out of the well. Why doesn't that happen more often? Uh, if God sends guardian angels to watch over each one of us, why don't we have these encounters more often? And I would say, well... Maybe they do happen more often than you think. Maybe some of the strangers you meet in your life 
are actually angels uh, who are looking after you, but their appearance is not quite so dramatic. Um, they blend in with the surroundings a bit more. Maybe that trip that you were going to take and then you suddenly changed your mind uh, was prompted, your, the mind change was prompted by a guardian angel because perhaps there was something going to happen there that was not good. Maybe that fall that was prevented, maybe that swim in the sea where you might have been taken out um, by, a, by an undercurrent, maybe um, a relationship that you might have got into which would have been disastrous. Maybe all along your angel has been guiding you and whispering in your ear and mm, influencing you not to do something bad and influencing you to do something good. We don't know, but we can surmise that maybe the angels actually prompt us to do things or not to do things and to guide us more frequently than we actually know. But I have another theory as well about the guardian angels and why we see them or don't see them. Maybe we don't see their intervention quite so much in our world because, to be perfectly honest, we look after ourselves so well. Our cars have all the latest safety features. We have insurance policies. We're very cautious. We're very careful in our lives. We have our lives so neatly organized with our heating and our air conditioning and our climate control and our health and our fitness. Maybe because we look after ourselves so well, we don't need the guardian angels quite so much. And maybe the missionary who saw the man in the white suit experienced an angel encounter because, well... He was living by faith more than we do. He was stepping out on God's great adventure. He was uh, taking a few risks for God who took every risk for him. And maybe it's the people who live like that, a little bit more on the edge, walking by faith and not by sight, who are the ones who are more likely to have real and genuine angel encounters. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. You've been listening to stories of the unexpected these stories are behind the paywall on my blog, especially for donor subscribers. If you'd like to share this story with someone else, then please, if you're a donor subscriber, drop me an email and I'll send you a link to the, uh, to the podcast so that you can share it with others. Thank you for listening. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by have you ever been put on the spot and asked to explain or defend Catholic teaching on sensitive topics such as abortion, same-sex marriage, or the Eucharist? What to Say and How to Say It is a straightforward and practical resource by Brandon Vogt, best-selling and award-winning author of Why I Am Catholic and You Should Be Too. He offers essential tools for articulating even the most contentious aspects of your Catholic faith with clarity and confidence. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code TALKFAITH to get 25% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees 
Available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.